Welcome. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio, I'm very pleased to have Dr. Greg Raduca, uh, who is the founder, executive director, and CEO of Let's Get Clear Georgia, which is a 501c4 nonprofit advocacy organization, and Let's Be Clear Georgia, which is a 450-member also a not-for-profit, but a C3 um, designation, uh, coalition of interested parties engaged to pre- in prevention and policy education. So Dr. Raduka, um, I first met him when he was um, associated. His only job on those days uh, was um, to be um, director of the um, of prevention and intervention for the Council on Alcohol and Drugs, and he is a director now of five regional alcohol and drug substance abuse prevention programs located throughout Georgia and directs the Georgia Prescription uh, Drug Abuse Prevention Initiative. Very, very important programs, and we're going to be talking about some of those today. He... um, uh, designed and implemented the first adolescent chemical dependency treatment program at the Ridgeview Institute in Cobb County. Uh, the evidence-based prevention programs he has designed and implica- implemented, not implicated, implemented, have served thousands of Georgia families and youth since 1987. These uh, programs that have been rigorously evaluated by Georgia universities and have won seven national awards through the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, I can't tell you how difficult it is to win these kinds of awards, and to win one is a huge deal. To win seven is remarkable. He received his Ph.D. in human development from the University of Maryland's Institute for Child Study. He's also a licensed professional counselor and an internationally certified prevention specialist. He's the founder and was the first president of the Prevention Credentialing Consortium of Georgia. So uh, obviously an underachiever and obviously <laughs> doesn't have much to do um, in, his, his, in his day or evening time, but we're really very appreciative, Greg, that you would be here with us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Blank. It's a privilege, honor to be here. And uh, also with me today is David Donaldson, who's the CEO and Clinical Director for the Atlanta Healing Center. Hey, David. Hi, Susan. Very glad to be back. Glad you're here with us today because I think this is a really important topic that uh, we're going to talk about. And and I've summarized a little bit in some of the social media announcements about today's program that we're really going to look at the state of marijuana in the state of Georgia and we're going to look at that through the eyes of Dr. Raduka and his two initiatives, the two programs that he oversees um, in addition to all of his other jobs, but the Mm -hmm. Let's Be Clear Georgia and Let's Get Clear Georgia. Now those names are very close. So if you don't mind telling us about these two organizations, how they came to be, and uh, your role within them. Well, thanks again for the opportunity, Dr. Blank. Uh, Wonderful to be with you today. Um, 
Get Clear and Be Clear are related organizations, although they are different. Um, as you mentioned in the introduction, Get Clear is a C4 organization that focuses uh, mainly on advocacy. So we do some advocacy, we do some lobbying with the Georgia General Assembly regarding uh, marijuana legislation. Um, Be Clear is more of the 501c3 educational organization. Uh, there's so much to educate Georgians about regarding some of the risks uh, of marijuana that they don't normally get to hear uh, through the media. Um, I'm sure you know that this is something of a David and Goliath situation where nonprofits like Be Clear and Get Clear are the David and uh, the marijuana industry is the Goliath with a lot more access, a lot more funding to push their messages through the media. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult uh, because what what your organizations have to say, what other ones of us who are working in the field of addiction and who have some knowledge and understanding about uh, marijuana and its effects, we have lots of concerns. It's hard. It's really hard to get our voice heard. And um, let's be clear and let's get clear are two ways in which people can be not only educated and groups can come together to learn and to share their experiences, but also the advocacy work, which um, uh, has been really important uh, throughout the last four or five years at least that uh, Georgia has been seriously considering these initiatives. That's uh, so very true. Uh, substance abuse professionals uh, like ourselves are very familiar uh, with the upfront suffering uh, that marijuana can cause. Uh, when we talk about that to the general public, at least my experience is, you must be making this up. Uh, and, and, of course, we're not. Uh, those with friends or relatives who have uh, suffered or are suffering with uh, addiction to cannabis and other drugs do know about the suffering we're speaking of. Uh, I was very familiar with it, treating hundreds of adolescents at, at Ridgeview, for example. Uh, just about every one had marijuana as one of their major drugs of choice. And I'm... I'm sorry to say that has not only not changed, but has gotten worse as the potency and the availability has become easier. We're seeing more and more people of all ages, not just the youth, but certainly um, with the youth, uh, a huge problem, a huge problem and um, a big concern. Well, and what's so interesting for us at, at the Atlanta Healing Center that we only work with adults 18 and up. And so we'll we'll see people that are there either with marijuana as primary or some other substance. And every single one of them, age 12 or 13, they were had the exposure to marijuana. And for most of them, it became an integral part of their lives really pretty quickly um, to the point that that's still something that they minimize despite how entrenched they have become with other substances. Yeah, as you know, it's so difficult for the person who has become chemically dependent to draw the connection between various problems they're having in their life and their drug of choice. Uh, if they do that, if they make that connection, then they may have to seriously consider giving up that uh, drug of choice, and that seems like the worst possible thing that could happen to them. But And for them in particular, when they think their drug of choice is opiates and they want to just erase any sort of connection to marijuana being um, in that same family. 
or in the same the same progression of the disease. Right, and uh, even uh, in our Georgia General Assembly, marijuana is being strongly touted as a solution to the opioid crisis, and that's particularly tragic because it's actually the opposite that's true, that marijuana users have been shown to be more than t- twice as likely to be using opioids as non-marijuana users. And last night I was uh, reading an article that was talking about the, the, um, a study that looked at people who are using marijuana and their pain scores, comparing people who are using marijuana for pain and patients who are not using marijuana for pain. They have both had pain conditions. The pain scores, uh, the report that they give to their doctor or their healthcare professional on how significant is their pain pain scores for the people using marijuana were actually higher than those um, not using. And this is one of the ongoing issues that we see is there's a lot of miscommunication, a lot of information that is not only not correct, but is incredibly misleading and, and creating a buzz around marijuana, which is, in my mind making it seem more legitimate, making it seem less scary, making it seem more attractive for people to use and, um, and misuse. And lots of people, not just folks with addiction, but a lot of people are getting pulled in with uh, CBD oil and hemp oil and other kinds of over-the-counter products as well as the uh, low low marijuana oil that is available here in Georgia under a uh, recommendation from a physician and a registration. So maybe we could back up a little bit and talk um, talk some about what what's the current state of um, of where things are here in Georgia and, and what are the conditions and um, the limitations or the advantages for people uh, who want to be seeking the, um, the authorized, if you will, CBD oil. Well, I I do want to say that my uh, heart goes out to uh, the people who are suffering from various conditions. Um, I'm very familiar with uh, hearing from uh, people down at the legislature who have testified or presented public comments uh, about the suffering that's entailed, either mental, physical, or both, uh, regarding uh, their various conditions. And many people do say that uh, THC uh, does help them alleviate some of their symptoms. Um, And some of those folks are are very, very sincere in what they're saying, Um, and so I don't dispute that. Um, There are, however, uh, as we know, uh, hundreds of thousands of Americans who are suffering in other ways, uh, perhaps just as intensely, regarding their addiction to cannabis. 
unfortunately, cannabis use disorder uh, is part of the diagnostic and statistical manual, just like opioid use disorder is. And as we were saying earlier, uh, we're familiar with seeing that kind of suffering, and I wish there were a better way to bring uh, more of that examples of suffering into the Georgia General Assembly so that legislators might be able to experience what is uh, the other side of, of this story. Because that's really not told and really not considered when we look at the risk benefits of making this available to people who live in Georgia or other states um, in the country that there is a downside. It's not all about uh, helping uh, some people. There's also going to be some unintended consequences, which include uh, a significant addiction to, to marijuana. Right, and if there are uh, recovering people out there who would want to tell their story uh, about the suffering they've gone through uh, with marijuana, uh, I would appreciate your contacting me. Uh, my email address is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at letsgetclear.org. It's admin at letsgetclear.org. We're so going to you know. take a break. When we come back, um, we'll give you all another chance to have your pen and paper ready to write down some of the contact information from Dr. Raduka. We'll be right back. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio, I have with me David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center and Dr. Greg Raduca, who is um, in charge of everything for Let's Get Clear Georgia and Let's Be Clear Georgia. These are two different entities that are somewhat related, as we talked about uh, in the beginning. One focuses on education and uh, prevention of marijuana abuse in the state of Georgia. The other is more of an advocacy group that is interacting with our legislatures and taking time to educate thought leaders and other um, uh, opinion formers uh, who are going to have some impact on the bills that are passed here in Georgia and our, our legislative session starts the 1st of January, correct? Correct. Uh, but a lot of work goes on once the legislature stops and before it begins again, and I know that you have been very busy um, talking to people and um, spreading the word and you're, you're, you're on all hours of the day and night, I can get an email from Greg Raduca. So um, I want you all to know what a busy person he is and how hard he works um, to try and uh, keep the message going out and help people be informed. So I wanted to go back to the, the whole question of medical marijuana because I know from, from the addiction counselor perspective, it becomes this real black and white. Either there's you're just, you're just going there and making up symptoms to get, get marijuana and to have a legal prescription or everything just kind of gets discounted in these, these two pendulums of legalize everything or, or ban everything. And, and so is there truth in terms of, of medical marijuana? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, well, according to the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services um, and many other leading medical experts, uh, there really is no such thing as medical marijuana. Uh, no established reputable medical association has recognized marijuana as a medicine. Uh, you simply don't smoke medicine. Um, now, that is not to say that there are not ingredients in marijuana which are, in fact, very medicinal. Cannabidiol or CBD is certainly one of those. And CBD is now available in a pharmaceutical form called Epidiolex, uh, which is a very safe and uh, very promising form for children with epileptic seizures. So, um, and let's this is this is a prescription medication that has gone through vigorous testing, not just here in the United States, but um, in in London and England, where the parent company is. They've studied this for years. It's a known dose. It's it's pure. It is. Uh, it comes with indications. Who is this good for? Who is it not good for? What are some of the side effects to be aware of? What are some of the things to avoid? And what are some of the individuals who should not take it? What are some drug-drug interactions? All of these things are available because it has gone through the rigorous process that we know of as FDA approval for a prescription medication, and this would be dispensed through a pharmacy under a doctor's prescription, and this would be something that, in theory, should be covered by medical insurance. 
Right, and there may be other cannabinoids in marijuana that might be medicinal as well. So uh, Be Clear and Get Clear are very uh, open to opening the doors of research as wide as possible uh, regarding these other ingredients. But as far as marijuana per se goes, uh, you can't get a prescription for it uh, anywhere in the U.S., not even in Colorado, because as Dr. Blank was saying, uh, it's federally against the law. So, in reality, there is no medical marijuana. Correct. I mean, the point that you don't smoke medicine is is really, really clear. Now, the other piece of this, though, and uh, a thing that's always been very interesting to me, is since the mid-'80s, we have had a medication, again, another FDA-approved medication that is dispensed by a pharmacy under a doctor's order, and that's called Marinol. This medication is a synthetic marijuana. It uh, has indications for nausea related to chemotherapy, wasting related to diseases like um, HIV, AIDS, and other um, situations where someone's appetite is so impaired that they need some help so that they can have an appetite and eat. So. That also has a long list of side effects, contraindications, drug-drug interactions. To think that marijuana is benign is not true, because if you look at the information associated either with Marinol or with Epidiolex, you'll see that there are a lot of side effects, and there are a lot of, of medications and clinical conditions that you should not take either of these with. So uh, it, it, it boggles my mind that, um, that people would want to be using something that they don't know exactly where they can, it came from, exactly what's in it, who made it, how it got here, what's the right dose, what should I take it with, how is this going to affect my other medicines. All these questions are not answered at all, and it, it boggles my mind that people would consider giving this to children. Um, it, it really does. And even regarding the uh, purchase of CBD oil at a convenience store, because CBD is a legal substance in the United States, one has to be very careful because there have been a number of incidents where uh, bottles saying they're containing CBD oil uh, actually have contained synthetic marijuana or spice, something like that. And so there have been a number of episodes where teenagers, others have experienced psychotic episodes uh, after taking what was termed to be CBD oil. So we need to be really clear with our listeners. Other than Epidiolex, which is a prescription medication, there is no CBD oil that does not have marijuana in it, and it also may be contaminated with a variety of other things, including the synthetic marijuana, including... Um, all sorts of fungus, bacteria, other kinds of things. So if you think that you're taking something that doesn't have marijuana in it, unless you picked it up with a prescription from your doctor at the pharmacy and it says Epidiolex, then that CBD has marijuana in it. We see it all the time. We do drug tests on people that have taken these products. And they think because they can buy it at a convenience store or buy it on Amazon or their doctor recommend that they think about picking it up, 
it still has marijuana in it. Well, and I think that the, your point, Greg, that it actually has spice and synthetic marijuana um, ought to raise the fear levels because we've seen so many people that have had psychotic breaks from that 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 years later they are not back to normal. They're not right because of thinking that they were taking um, something that was benign and harmless. Yeah, it is possible that something labeled as CBD could contain uh, synthetic marijuana, such as uh, spice or something else. So you just can't be sure that what's on the label is what's in the bottle. And that's very scary. So in Georgia, we do have a law that says you can use low THC, which is tetrahydrocannabinoid, which is THC, which is the active psychiatric, psycho, sorry, my tongue isn't working today, psychoactive component of marijuana. This is what makes you high. Um, We can have a low dose THC oil under certain circumstances. Is it really a low dose? Well, that is a great question, Dr. Blank. Uh, Thank you for asking that. Um, Even I myself was surprised when we got verification from several labs uh, independently uh, about the strength of what's considered to be or called low THC oil. Uh, In point of fact, uh, just four drops of 5% THC oil from a typical medicine dropper contain 10 milligrams of THC. 10 milligrams is the amount of THC in a standardized serving of an edible in Colorado that was labeled as such because they were people in Colorado were in danger of eating too much uh, edible. So 10 milligrams uh, is enough to get one high or stoned. So that means four drops, particularly for a new user, uh, can be enough to get one intoxicated on THC. Uh, now, one does build, build up a tolerance to THC over time, just like alcohol. Uh, so that is probably one reason why we're seeing higher and higher percentages of THC products. Um, in fact, uh, now in Florida, uh, shatter is considered to be medical marijuana, which may have 90, 95% THC in it. And that is an extremely potent dose. Now, back in my day, uh, <laughs> and I am dating myself, people, but back in my day, a regular marijuana cigarette that you would buy on the street or smoke at a party or get from a friend would be about 4%. And we know over the years that the percentage of THC has increased as people have gotten more sophisticated and more determined in how they grow and um, cultivate this product. But 98% is enough to cause severe Issues, and we're we're hearing all kinds of things like the intractable vomiting uh, syndrome that uh, people are showing up in the emergency rooms who have used these products that are high concentration marijuana, and they they just keep vomiting, 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 and they often have to be admitted to the hospital, put in hot showers. Uh, that seems to be one of the ways to reduce this. Um, horrific vomiting syndrome and it seems ironic because one of the things that people often talk about is marijuana helps with nausea well it's not 98 percent 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Raducal will educate us more about marijuana here in Georgia. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today, David Donaldson and I are speaking with Dr. Greg Raduca, who is um, the CEO and Executive Director of Let's Be Clear or Let's Get Clear Georgia, and Let's Be Clear Georgia. I'm going to get those confused. Um, Dr. Raduka, could you give us um, the websites uh, for those and also how people might um, contact you if they have a story to tell about their recovery or their addiction to uh, marijuana and marijuana products? Uh, I'd be glad to, Dr. Blank. Thanks for that opportunity. Uh, If people want to go to clearga.org, uh, they can find a wealth of educational material, including 20 educational multimedia tracks with embedded videos. Uh, it's really the topic of your choice. Um, there are so many topics, there's not time to cover all 20, but please go to clearga.org if you want some resources to work with, especially if you're a parent talking with their child, which is extremely difficult these days due to the conditioning they've undergone via media. Uh, our other website, the advocacy website, uh, is let's 
getclear.org. There's no apostrophe between the T and the S. It's just letsgetclear.org, and you can find out a lot of good advocacy information. Um, if you would like to get on our mailing list, uh, there are ways to do that uh, through those websites. Uh, you can also email me at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at letsgetclear.org. Again, no apostrophe between the T and the S. Admin at letsgetclear.org. And I would invite all of our listeners to go to those websites. Um, feel free to donate to the cause, uh, to join up uh, if you are interested in being a part of this movement or, as um, Dr. Raduka indicated, being on the mailing list to get updates and educational pieces that can be very helpful just for your own information but also to share with family and friends. Really important work that they're doing and something for you to check out. And we are needing a prevention champion for our work. So if there is someone in the listening audience out there uh, who is a leader in their field, uh, who is good with media, uh, we could certainly use your help in this battle because, again, uh, right now it's certainly uh, like David and Goliath. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And we certainly want to carry the message, and we certainly want to make sure that people are well-educated, and as they make decisions and as they support uh, different legislative candidates, that they are really clear on their own ideas and their own stance and their own understanding of what are the potential benefits, but what are also the risks and the unintended consequences. One of those has to do with driving. And uh, the old joke is, oh, well, much better to be behind a car where somebody is stoned on marijuana because they're just going to drive so slow there will be no danger. But I don't think that's the uh, Colorado experience. Am I right? It's absolutely right. In fact, uh, these days in Colorado, Uh, On the average, someone is dying every two and a half days from a marijuana-related traffic fatality. And uh, the big spike, by the way, in deaths and DUIDs driving under the influence of drugs in Colorado uh, happened uh, when a a very broad medical marijuana bill was passed. And I'd like to say in in that respect that in the blood of the person who is deceased, of the driver who may be deceased or their victim, uh, there's really no difference between medical marijuana and recreational marijuana in the blood. And, by the way, there's no difference when you buy medical marijuana and buy when you buy recreational marijuana. Uh, medical marijuana can mean cotton candy, can mean gummy bears, cookies. It's the same product that's in a recreational container that's in a, a medical container. The medical containers are just labeled as medical. And often subsidized, which is why when um, recreational marijuana became available in several states, there was actually an increase in people requesting medical marijuana cards because the price was a little bit less with the subsidy from the state because it was medication. So rather than that... um, 
particular usage going down in some of the states, it's actually gone up because of the differential in the price. Wow. So it's um, it's <laughs> it's really interesting. Your brain doesn't know any difference either. Uh, there isn't a, a tag or a warning label and what comes out in your urine if you are having a urine drugs test for work or for other um, situations, it doesn't look any difference. There's no way to designate or tell, and your brain and body react just the same because they are the same thing. And so many people smoking marijuana think they're actually a better driver than they were if they weren't smoking, but the research just doesn't bear that out. In fact, driving while high on marijuana doubles or triples one's risk of a car crash. Driving high on marijuana or alcohol is more harmful than driving on either alone. And in Georgia, it's very regrettable that we really don't know how many people are dying on our highways each week from THC, uh, from marijuana, because it's just not being measured. And that is a real problem, because without the data, it's hard to make... um uh, evaluations and and to inform people's decisions about whether they're going to smoke themselves or whether our legislatures are going to uh, legalize. Yeah, I've I've been talking to a number of parents in other states who have lost their children due to marijuana. Uh, either uh, they were the child was driving stoned or they were hit by somebody who was driving stoned. Uh, and it's real tragedy if a parent in Georgia may never know the cause of death of, of their child, uh, and they wouldn't if it were due to marijuana because, as I said, it's not being measured. The, the data show that in 2016, only 15 of 460,000 crashes were associated with marijuana, and we know it's got to be a whole lot more than that. And that added effect when you have alcohol plus marijuana or marijuana plus opioids or benzodiazepines or other drugs of use and abuse or other medications that people may be taking, it isn't, uh, not only does it increase the high of both of those, it also increases the chance of impairment. The cannabinoid, um, the endocannabinoid system in our brain is very strongly represented in the cerebellum, the part, the back of our brain, which is important for reflexes, for balance, for judgment. And so people do think that they drive better while stoned, but the reality is, is the reaction time is much decreased, that their coordination is impaired, that they are just not nearly as good drivers or safe drivers as they would be if they were in their right mind. Absolutely. Uh, The amount of time it takes to get the foot from the accelerator to the brake is increased under the influence of marijuana. I remember um, dating myself <coughs> when when <laughs> the drinking age was changing and the DUI laws were changing so that it was moved to the point .08. Um, hearing regularly that people who drink would say, I'm a great driver when I'm drinking. I, I know myself. I know how much I've had. I know I can handle I'm a great driver. So, I mean, th- we know that drugs and alcohol boost a person's sense of self and decreases their their inhibition and we're and and so the the idea that only 14 out of out of all of those numbers is just kind of silly right but it makes sense if it's not really been looked at or tested for 
and if they're assuming that the first thing that pops up is the only thing there is, not in this day and time. That's certainly not what we see when we um, evaluate patients. Often they're using multiple different types of med- medications and substances, and so it's very difficult to know what you're dealing with, but really important to know. And testing could also save a driver's life. Um, if they happen to be dependent on marijuana, seriously abusing, uh, the testing is one way they can find that out, and uh, so they can uh, get help for themselves via a drug court or something like that. So one of the questions that people sometimes ask is, how do you test Is there a breathalyzer test for uh, marijuana like we have for alcohol? How do we know if someone's immediately under the influence? Well, uh, it is difficult, uh, and that's a problem that uh, Colorado, for example, other states have had to deal with. Um, What it is, marijuana is uh, best measured through the blood, uh, but uh, marijuana, as we know, goes from the blood to the fatty tissues of the body, uh, many of which are in the brain, Uh, very quickly. So unless a blood test is done extremely quickly, it may be an unreliable source of the actual level of THC in someone's system. And also there are a number of variables. It's just not as easy as measuring alcohol. So the best way is really not to have a per se law saying so many nanograms per milliliter of THC in a person's blood, but rather uh, the use of drug recognition experts. And, uh, again, uh, more funding is needed for more drug recognition experts in Georgia uh, who have the uh, savvy to know when someone is driving impaired. And that, that's a big, a big deal, and it's going to be an even uh, bigger deal uh, as more and more states come on board with more relaxed, uh, and I'm using air quotes here, uh, medical marijuana laws or recreational laws. Because just because it's legal doesn't mean it's safe, and we know that very well with alcohol. So for law enforcement, this is one of their uh, concerns, is how, how do we absolutely determine someone's um, impairment level? So a lot more research money and um, testing needs to be developed so that we can be secure in decisions that are made regarding someone's impairment while driving or or operating machinery or uh, workplace accidents. And also because marijuana does go out of the blood so quickly, uh, it is important for the blood test to be taken as soon as possible. Um, One thing that would help, it doesn't seem like it's related, but I've been told by the experts it actually is, that uh, if uh, when a search warrant is needed for the testing of blood, it would help if that search warrant didn't have to be on video. Uh, The videotaping for the search warrant uh, process, the application, hearing, so forth, is uh, very difficult for law enforcement. And so a lot of testing doesn't take place uh, simply because Georgia has that law that uh, the search warrant application has to be videotaped. So that complicates it, delays it, and therefore makes the test much more likely to be inaccurate and uh, negative. Or not done at all. Or not done at all because of the hassle factor. So that's a a big problem. Another question that's come up, we're hearing a lot about neonatal abstinence syndrome. Uh, Most of all, we think about this related to the opioids where the baby... um, 
right after birth goes into withdrawal from the mother having taken some kind of pain medication, methadone, uh, buprenorphine product. We hear about it from cocaine and stimulants. Is there such a thing for marijuana? Uh, there certainly is. And uh, the Emory Maternal Substance Abuse and Child Development Project at Emory University School of Medicine uh, puts out leaflets, uh, infographics uh, on this topic because uh, marijuana use by expectant mothers has been shown to result in premature birth and stillbirth, an increase in uh, intensive care and intensive neonatal care. Uh, so there are just a lot of dangers. Uh, and some expectant mothers won't list mar- marijuana as one of the drugs they're taking because, understandably, they uh, believe it's medicine. On that note, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and Medical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. This is America's Web Radio, and I'm Dr. Susan Blank. Today in studio is uh, with us is Dr. Greg Raduka. Uh, he is the CEO, the executive director, and the founder of Let's Get Clear Georgia, as well as Let's Be Clear Georgia. Let's Get Clear is the not-for-profit advocacy group, and Let's Be Clear is um, the educational uh, prevention arm of um, of these two organizations. So, uh, on the the just for a, a quick second on the neonatal, is are there studies that also talk about what those children are like, age three, age five, age seven, that were impacted from a mother's use? Uh, those studies are emerging. Um, 
we have to contact the Emory uh, Center to actually find out what the particulars are. I should be more acquainted with that than I am. It's a great question. I know um, recently there was a big article about about THC being in breast milk for up to seven days after use, and so uh, those studies have to be being done. Uh, Definitely be interesting. A lot of concern because again not to be judgmental or gross, but there's a lot of fat in breast milk. And because THC binds to fat, it is going to stay in um, in breast milk for a much longer time than even alcohol or other substances that the mother may have ingested. So it has a potential for impact for a lot longer period of time. And this is part of the the concern. It's not just addiction, although addiction is a big part. I'm so concerned about access and the effects that um, access to marijuana, exposure to marijuana, either prenatally or through breastfeeding, um, through kids eating edibles, um, I'm really concerned about what this is doing to the growing and developing brain. And because it stays around so much longer, uh, the potential for impairment and the potential for um, lifelong struggles is really there. And these studies are ongoing, but uh, not soon enough. It's really worrisome. And THC has been shown to be a neurotoxin for child brain development and function. So... So there is, um, there are a lot of um, uh, areas that we could go to, and we could spend all day and fourteen shows, and still not cover all of them. But one of the concerns, and particularly as a, a small business owner, David and Michael Daly and myself, um, we want to be able to have a drug-free workplace. How are some of these laws um, potentially affecting us as employers? Um, if, if more and more states are allowing um, medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Well, uh, let me just mention that marijuana legalization is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, organizations that are extremely well-funded, like the Drug Policy Alliance, which sounds like uh, one of the good guys' organizations, is actually for the legalization of all drugs, including uh, heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine. Uh, the former executive director of the uh, Drug Policy Alliance has said uh, that these are global commodities and the markets for these global commodities are staggering. So there are billions to be made. So organizations such as the Drug Policy Alliance uh, do want to do away with all drug testing since it's uh, seen to be discriminatory. Uh, fortunately, Georgia has very strong uh, drug protection uh, employer protection uh, language in its current law, such that uh, nothing shall require an employer to permit or accommodate use, consumption, possession, transfer, display, transportation, sale, or growing of marijuana in any form, or to affect the ability of an employer to have written a zero-tolerance policy prohibiting on-duty and off-duty use of marijuana prohibiting any employee from having a detectable amount of marijuana in such employee's system while at work. And that is something that I know uh, your organization and others, the Council on Alcohol and Drugs, other uh, groups have been working really hard to make sure that these kinds of protections, not just for the employer, but for the safety of the employees, 
you don't want to be working in a situation where someone right next to you may be impaired or where you yourself may be impaired and um, risk injuring yourself or somebody else. This, these are really serious, um, again, unintended consequences if we don't think these policies through. Right. Upcoming, I know you have some uh, activities as you prepare for the legislative session. There are a number of events upcoming, too numerous to mention, but um, would like to make sure that uh, folks, again, consider visiting your website to learn more about these activities or ways in which they can become involved, and they can reach out to you uh, at admin at clearga.org or admin at letsgetclear.org. <laughs> Thank you. I just gave him this panic look. I got into that and went, oh, whoops. Um, also, really important, if you'd like to join and be a member, uh, people are welcome to do that, as well as to donate. And donations are hard to come by these days, but this is the time of year when many people are planning their end-of-year taxes, and they are looking at um, trying to make sure that um, uh, they've, they've given. So we would ask people to also consider giving donations and um, uh, supporting the work that you are doing and the other members of these organizations. Yes, thank you for mentioning that, Dr. Blank. There are buttons on both of the websites uh, to make it very easy for you to either become a dues-paying member, uh, which we would love to have you as a member, or to donate uh, to either or to both organizations. Uh, you can do so uh, as an individual or an organization or both. So we're upcoming elections here in Georgia, and um, our candidates, um, particularly our um, our candidates for governor, for sen senators, legislators, are they making their stance pretty clear on their websites and their literature and their platforms about what they are or are not supporting? Well, um, it's a bit difficult to ascertain exactly what their positions are, and I have to uh, confess that I haven't been to their uh, websites recently. Um, I have heard that the Republican candidate uh, appears to be uh, more opposed than the Democratic candidate. Uh, it still needs to be borne out by visiting websites, asking the candidates those hard questions themselves, uh, because... Uh, Sometimes a candidate will tend to uh, be a little more vague on an issue like this than some others. And also the funding that they receive uh, often complicates um, uh, the stance that they're willing to take publicly. And I know you're in a difficult situation to answer that kind of question. Are there other websites that they might be able to go to to find out more um, about this? Um, National Families in Action or SAM or some of these websites, do you know? Right, those are excellent uh, websites. If one Googles for National Families in Action, uh, the marijuanareport.org, uh, it's just an excellent newsletter to receive uh, once a week, every Wednesday. Uh, if you go to learnaboutsam.org, learnaboutsam.org, uh, another tremendous national website, SAM stands for Smart Approaches to Marijuana, and you may well be able to pick up the legislative positions of various candidates there. Because I think this, um, for some of us, this is a really big deal, and it impacts uh, our future, our children, our grandchildren, um, 
our safety on our roads, at our workplace, uh, in emergency room, all, all kinds. I mean, I could get all worked up, and David's <laughs> just looking at me. <laughs> like I mean, we could get nervous have. about retirement. When exactly. we have to depend on this next generation, it right. could be very anxiety-provoking. Um, it is. So um, if you are at all interested, please reach out to the organizations that Greg has mentioned, and please consider donating and or sharing your story with marijuana. And uh, we would love you to be getting in touch with your legislator. Um, so if you want to find out more about how to do that, please visit our Let's Get Clear uh, website. It's going to be very important, uh, especially to contact your state senator. If you don't know who that is, our website has easy ways for you to identify who your state senator is. We have talking points that you can convey to them uh, about the dangers uh, of this particular issue. And ways in which you can get um, active and involved in letting people know and sharing the information, again, not just with yourself, but with your friends, with your family, with your communities, churches, schools. Uh, Lots of people are under some assumptions and... um, And I'm always surprised when I have discussions with folks how laissez-faire they are about the topic of marijuana and the the media uh, campaigns have been very strong in in getting this attitude. And on December 4th, we have some major events coming up uh, in Atlanta, uh, Marijuana Prevention Summit, Marijuana Policy Summit. Uh, We would love for you to attend that. Again, if you'd like to find out more about that, uh, please email me at uh, admin at clearga.org. Thank you so much, Dr. Raduka, for being here today. Please give our best to all of our colleagues um, and these two fine organizations. Thank you, David, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week on Detailing Addiction. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. 
column. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 969 specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.atlantic.com.